Esperamos. Red Button Rants, Penodoith, Mystery Guest. I'm now handing over to my mystery guest. We can't both share the microphone. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he's a legend in his locality. So I'm going to hand over now, and um, we're just going to do a bit of freewheeling, freeforming. Right, mystery guest, you don't have to speak into the microphone because your voice carries, as we know. Because I'm shy and quiet. You're a shy and quiet, retiring type. (laughs) Now... Good job you gave me a cup of tea. A, a podcast is always more interesting when there's two people talking. Okay. I've, I've run out of um, things what? to say. As they say in Welsh, I'm hesp. Mi rydwi and hesp. I don't know the word at all. Uh, dry. No... Oh, dry. Hesp yeah. is dry, isn't hesp, it? Hesp, yes. I, I have nothing further to say to right. my listeners. And that's why I've dragged you in off the street. <laughs> we're going to talk anything and everything. You know what we're going to talk about first? No, not yet. Uh, gardening. Oh, I, well, I know a bit about gardening, I think it's fair to say. Right. I've been playing about for years. Come um, on then, tell us about your, your well, life in gardening. Well, um, when I was a kid, that's a long time ago now, um, my father wasn't really a gardener. Uh, my mother uh, liked to have this, that, and the other in the garden, and uh, so we uh, we had um, a council house in Ely, and we were fortunate in the sense that the the road behind us and our road came to a point. So to give us all a garden, some of them went down in the long strip past our house, and uh, the one on the hill at the far end, number eighty-two, um, went. They had a squared off uh, piece, you know, so they had bills, sorry, but we were very fortunate. We had the one in front of us, which was the width of the house and the path, and a, a smaller amount behind with the hedge and out onto the road. And then we had all the way up until the house behind us to the road this side was ours as well. And so uh, we had a, a greenhouse, which was 14 foot long. Uh, my father worked, uh, he was a baker, and he worked his socks off, you know. And uh, so that, and then he had built a hut at the far end, and we had chickens on, up off the ground. And that was to stop the rats from getting in. Uh, and then uh, deep litter, and they were black minorcas in there. So we had that manure and the rotten dome bedding, like. To, to put in the bean trench and then we had um, all the rubbish from the house which couldn't be utilised by them was put in a, um, a, a slot in the ground which they dug out every autumn and uh, so that they start at one end and then gradually fill it over all the way down the road uh, down the row until they put runner beans in in the spring so that part of it was quite simple. Because when you're a kid in those days, um, I had jobs to do. But uh, gardening as such was not, except perhaps to put some food out for the chickens. Yeah. So then I had, um, my, my jobs were to um, take the dog for a walk, uh, 
polish everybody's shoes in the house and don't forget underneath the between the heel and the sole with black boot polish yes and the other thing was all the brass work they had to polish it there was um, a boiler for the, the clothes and uh, outside line uh, for that so uh, I think it was Monday we did that ah not much else really there um, we had a rockery all along on one side and my father had gone over somewhere by Panath and picked up a lot of um, those rocks uh, the pink rocks uh, they weren't I'm not sure what they were. Anyway, there were some pink rocks over there and they'd fallen out of the cliff and the sea had washed them and uh, so we had them all down and uh, then we had um, flowers planted in between them, of course. And then a man across the road from us, um, Mr Locke, he'd lost one arm in the First World War and uh, he'd been in France and Italy and what have you. And, uh, he used to come over periodically and take all the snails because he used to eat them, uh, which is the thing we didn't do. Uh, yes. So that part of it's... Uh, uh, so were we talking during the war, pre-war yeah. or just yeah, post-war? During, during the war, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after that, I mean, gardening was more of a, a hobby or would you say that when did you take it up seriously and what I'd like to know is about your allotment uh, and how that sort of took off right well when uh, well lots of things happens of course um, my father's um, he nearly got killed when the, the, the 46 47 winter because he, he had something wrong with his chest and the doctor O'Shea said You'll have to have six weeks off, and he said, "Well, I got company. I got work. To, I've got to deliver bread, and it's over in Fairwater." So he took the horse with sacks on either side, and went over to Fairwater to feed his customers. And um, well, he never ever really recovered from it, and he died when he was fifty-eight. You know, yeah. So up the hill from us, there was um, between Plymouth. Plymouth Woods and Llewellyn Avenue and uh, Petherbridge Road. There's a triangle there. It's been built on now, I think. But uh, that was all, uh, and it faced east. So, that's right, east. Perhaps a bit of southeast. And there was allotments all the way up in sort of steps, right to the top. It's quite a steep hill. Uh, we're talking about uh, one in six or something like that it was it was quite st uh, steep but they did have to the north of it the woodland you see so that was breaking the wind wasn't it and the cold so the, you'd hear the chickens in the morning and dad would say oh that's asses or something like that you know and uh, they all that's the cockerels seem to have different tones to them so that was that bit and um then eventually dad and ma'am moved from the council house we were in to one in Birch Grove. And um, then I eventually got married and I worked, I, she and I bought a house together in Land of North. And I, I'd been, I had a car by then and I knew people in the area. And I said to one of them, I could do with a, um, 
uh, when he said, well, there's one free, it's number 166, I think he said, 164, something like that. So we went down to it and it was full of brambles. And he said, I tell you what, just hack them off at the root now, he said, plant cabbages over winter. And he said, you, you won't have to dig much out next year. So I did, and I didn't have to dig much out either. So that was useful. And then I um, did the business of rotating it. So I had runner beans and broad beans and all that kind of thing down it. And I also had potatoes and, and tomatoes. And when you, I, I do one of those um, aubergines there and the plastic bags. Yeah, I done quite a few things like that. I had, I put in some, there was a gooseberry bush by the hut, which is right on the path at the far end. And uh, that was okay. And then I put in some, um, oh, I put in some, I'd been up the top of Ely. I saw this, I was going to walk down to Simfagans and uh, there was a man digging out, um, uh, what do you call the things now? <laughs> Terrible old man I am now. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, they, they grow up tall, thin, uh, and the Chinese use them all the time. Um, bamboos, bamboos. Oh, yeah. They were, he was digging out bamboos and throwing them away into a skip thing, you know? Yeah. And I said, uh, excuse me, I wonder if I could have them. And he said... Uh, Certainly, so he said. So I, I took it home, put it in the garden uh, on the, by the path behind my uh, allotment, and lo and behold, three weeks later, somebody had a fire and it burned them all down. So I didn't have the that as the right thing, which is what I'd hoped for. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the fellow across from me. Uh, he lived in Lander North as well, not very far from the. Cohen snuffers and uh, he used to go up in the fields and collect the uh, sheep shit so we had that and then the next one the other side of me was a Maltese fella and uh, he used to grow his own garlic and so forth and then behind him there was an Irishman and I thought that was very interesting he had um, like a piece of stick of thick stick stuck in the ground a crossbar at the bottom and a crossbar at the top. He used to stand all his implements for digging and so forth and put a sack over the top. And, that's, and then he tied the sack at the bottom and, and he never had a, a shirt ahead. And that was perfectly all right. None of his things seemed to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. If you were acting as an advisor to somebody who was starting off a little allotment or a little garden i mean i'd like you to talk about your little garden now you you gave up the allotment a while ago but if somebody was thinking about an allotment or just starting to garden i mean what are your delights what do you enjoy uh, and what is what would you advise people to avoid when they come to gardening well, I can tell you, avoid immediately. That's that buddlier and the um, that other stuff that we have in the, in the roof. Um, can't see what's called, huh? Little grey, and it flowers like mad. Yeah. And it came 
from the wartime in in London. Apparently, it was a fashionable thing to have in the gardens up there. The knotweed. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. The knotweed. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, and uh, of course nowadays with all the lorries and trains and everything, it's spread everywhere. Yeah. And uh, where we are, the the houses are built in 1890 or something of that nature. Yeah. And um, they got big chimneys on the top and uh, it loves it because it's lime in between the lime mortar, I mean, between the cracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll, it'll, it comes from some part of China apparently that's got a lot of lime in the soil. Sure, yeah. So there we are. And the other, the knotweed, apparently is related to the rhubarb. But of course, the trouble is if you leave a little smidgen of it anywhere, yeah. it roots. Yeah. So you can't, you know, you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned the bamboo on your allotments. Yeah. Would bamboo be something that you would, is that relatively easy to grow? Oh, yes. Is it? Definitely, yeah. And can you tell us about your little garden now? Tell us what you've got going there. Well, I've got such a small garden. It was a, a building, uh, workers, uh, well, let me start again. The city hall was built by a, a person who owned this area and the piece behind it. And when I was oh, some years ago, about 30 years ago, I suppose, uh, they had a fire in his um, thing and it burnt down. And now they built, uh, a London firm has built flats there and they've left a little gap for behind for the um, people to put their cars and play in. Uh, so that's all right, but um, uh, I've got what the building workers uh, must have had a, a, a just a small square, about 13 foot square uh, piece of ground outside of the toilets and uh, that kind of thing. I, I think there was a toilet, a um, coal house and another thing which is a storage for them, put the, probably the kids toys in there. Yeah. Uh, and and um, anyway, I built a bit of an extension on it about the same width. It's so it's uh, it's six foot six wide, and it's about that deep. And and I've got the front part of it covered in plastic, uh, um, so that I could, if I wish to, grow tomatoes indoors in, in early in the year. Yeah. So you know that that's the kind of thing, and then. The, I took up some paving stones up behind the, the wall that they put up and uh, I put a, a winter flowering honeysuckle there and uh, excuse me a few other things and uh, I intend now that I've been trying to grow things in there but the cats will not leave it alone they shite everywhere they're a pain in the bum they, they'll go into everybody else's garden and, and uh, fluviate but they won't do it in their own house. So they think that uh, I, they've every right to do it and I, a heck of a job to get rid of them. They will yeah. not do it. They're a nuisance. You haven't mentioned your figs and your lime trees, have you? No, I haven't, but uh, I haven't got around to that part of the building. Right, uh, oh, you're working your way around. Well, that's the only way you can do it, really. You're in the corner, right? Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, right in the corner to my south, no, to my east, there's um, a strip of land. I it's over concrete. I, I went around collecting uh, uh, earth that they were leaving when they dug up all these hedges, 
because I said to myself, well, all the bacteria and the rooms and everything is in there, and so you don't have to worry about having a, a balanced thing, you see? So I got that there, and then I, uh, I was talking when I was up the allotments to a man who came from somewhere in the north of Ireland on the west side. And he was telling me about how they collected seaweed uh, whenever there'd been a storm and it had been thrown up onto the beach. And they had a frame of sticks at the top of the beach, uh, out of the reach of the sea. And they, they then piled it over the top. And that, that dried out and it kept on doing it until eventually they had a, a big stack of seaweed, like um, a haystack or several of them all along the beach. And then in the spring, when they wanted to fertilize their soil, they went down uh, there and they got some two sacks and they filled the sack with what they could get off there and then they bashed the sack until it went down to the, nearly to the bottom. Then they put more in and they kept on doing that until they had two logs effectively, the same size as the um, sacks. Then they tied the sacks up. Then two of them, they put a donkey in between with something on him to the, so they would hold. And they, okay, you're um, okay, drop sort of thing. And they put the, the, both of them put it on at the same time either side so that the, the donkey was now balanced. And then they walked him up the lanes until they got to the field. Then they cut the sack at the back or opened the, the sack and they shook it as it went and they walked him round the fields until they covered the, sea, the, the field with broken seaweed. It's almost dust. So that's what was fertilising it. And I thought about this and I thought, well, I don't know of any um, thing which kills seaweed which is going to affect plants on the, on the land. It doesn't seem to me that the, that happens. So for the, oh, years and years now I've been collecting seaweed and uh, doing exactly that sort of thing and uh, putting some of it with urine in, in a, uh, a pot with a lid and uh, letting it rot down and that and I've used that like um, a substance we used to call I can't remember now anyway it's a liquid and uh, then I can add it uh, one-fifth of it to water and I can use that once a week or so to, to uh, use over everything I need to. So then I've, uh, in that uh, place which has got concrete below it and uh, a wall I built in front of it out of um, rocks and rubbish from the, uh, the beach that was stony and a bit of concrete, I, I piled it all up. First of all, I tried to do what you see sometimes in dry stone walls where they they lie them half sideways onto each other and then turn it over and try it the other way uh, and layer it up but i did that and i and i secured the top with the thing which means that it can drain and little plants grow into the the plant and it's pretty and that's all right and i put um, a gooseberry and a black currant in there i took the black currant cut it from uh, Cosmeston Woods because there was some over there and I stuck that in and that that seems to have taken off all right 
that's it. Then I had, um, I, my dog gave me some walnuts in the shell. And um, they were a, a bit of a nuisance. They were, they were a very hard to break, to get out of them. So I, I did them for some and then I lost patience. And I put the rest of them on some soil in a bucket out in the garden. And lo and behold, they sprouted. So um, in the spring, uh, they'd sprouted and there was about 30 of them there growing. So I went over to Cosmeston and uh, I talked to the lady there in the garden. And I said, did they ever have um, these growing over here in the Middle Ages? You know, yes, she said. I said, well, I got, I got about 30 of them. Would you like them? And she said, oh, that'd be lovely. So over I went with them. And um, she said, can I do anything for you? Well, I said, I, I've got the lavender and I got this and I got that. I, I don't need anything, thank you. But, oh, I said, you've got a fig tree over there. And she had a fig tree by the old um, chapel. And... Um, there was gooseberries and a blackberries underneath, and black currants underneath it, and chickens wandering round. So anyway, I, I, I said to her, oh, she said, well, you can't do it now, it's the wrong time of the year. But if you come back in the autumn, I'll, uh, I'll give you a cutting. Oh, I said, thanks very much. So anyway, cut the long story. I went over there in the autumn, and... Uh, I said, how are you, love, and, and all that kind of thing. And she said, um, I'll give you a couple of cuttings now. So anyway, we went over to the, the thing, and uh, she, she produced a couple of secateurs. And then she said, oh, look, she said, um, there's something coming out of the root down here. And, oh, there's two of them. So there was two of them. So she chipped them off the uh, thing, and it just had a little bit of root and a... a bit of back from the, the fig above and it was about a foot high one of them looked really good and the other one was a hardly any root at all so I gave the bigger one to my sister and the other one I took home and I put it in the thing and, uh, and lo and behold it, it, it uh, took and uh, figs are, are real buggers it, it seems to me at um, rooting if you don't watch them anyway so in the strip which was by the side of the uh, number uh, next door to me, the one side, which was at that rain, uh, soil which was draining and so forth, I put it in there. And uh, it grew and grew and grew and it got to about 20-something mm, feet high. And I was getting stacks and stacks of big figs out of it and they were lovely. But my sister's fig only started to produce figs last year for the first time. I don't know why the hell she didn't have any, I thought, but she didn't. So anyway, mine had got to such an estate that I was beginning to wonder whether it would take the wall down behind it because that was up, as I said, since um, 1985 or something like that. And I thought if the roots get underneath that as well, it might just topple the wall. So I got a, a nephew of mine to dig it out and take the thing away. But in the process, I, before that happened, I took some cuttings. And um, one of, uh, six of them I had in a, one of these 
bath that you have in the bath, uh, used to cold, cold water in the attic. Uh, so I had one of them and I, I put some soil in it and I, I planted six of them in there. And in the end, I, I gave the, the um, rooted cuttings away and I couldn't get one of them out at all. It would not. We tipped, uh, my son and I, we tipped it up. I had a fork stuck in the soil and I wagged it back and forth and we rammed it up and down. We'd done the whole flipping lot and we couldn't. So in the end, I thought, oh, well, that's it then. I leave it. So I put some seaweed on top of it and, uh, and left it. And um, at the moment, now it's about four years now, three or four years now, um, I've got 20 figs on there at the moment and they're nearly full size and over winter I managed to have four grow the winter but they didn't um, ripen very well and one of them I've eaten so that's where we are with that then what else is there what about the limes tell them about the <laughs> lime oh all right I had a lime tree and I got a, 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 a bay tree and I got two dog baskets which I um, use and the dog baskets one of them is quite big it must have been a big dog that it was designed for and the other one is smaller and the, the big one is um, I, I just I, I put some uh, different kinds of uh, common f uh, flowering wildflowers in there but the birds have added to it and I've had every damn thing you could possibly think of in there and uh, I've got a seat in the garden uh, which I can open the lid of and inside I can put all the things I want to save, you know, and garden tools and what have you. Anyway, I sat there in the sun once uh, last summer and I was eating these cherries. I think they came from Chile and they were nice. And I was eating the cherries. I, I, I can be taken with cherries and I threw the peas of the... Uh, kernels out of them into the dog basket well I didn't realize it but they they rooted and they rooted in the, the cracks in the pavements and all all over the place so I checked out most of them but I found that I had seven which had grown about six inches high and so I've given the, uh, several of those away and uh, that's that uh, the other one, I, I planted some French climbing beans and some um, broad beans in and the um, ants loved it. The broad beans I, I managed to get one feed out of and they buggered it. It was black fly all over the place and I don't like spraying. And then, um, but the other one, um, I washed it off, uh, uh, you know, uh, but you couldn't stop the, the, them at all. The, the ants loved it. Uh, so I only had one feed out of the broad beans. But the French beans, I managed to give uh, 16, uh, enough for a feed for one person, away. And I had them right the way through until November. So I, I, I'm an enthusiast about French climbing beans. All right, now let's get back to your, um, I had a lime, as I said, and um, that, um, I put plastic bag over it in October or somewhere around there and took it off then 
about my uh, daughter's birthday in uh, April, so halfway through April. And uh, anyway, I looked at it um, at Christmas and I already had six limes that had set after I picked everything from the autumn. So it was pretty good. Anyway, my niece managed to get COVID and she was um, working in the hospital. And so I thought that and a couple of other things I had there, she might like that. And uh, she was delighted. So, so she had it last autumn and uh, took the, the lime home with her. So I've got a lime now. The, um, the bay tree, well, it really needs repotting or putting in the soil. And uh, its leaves have got smaller and smaller. It looks quite healthy, but it, it, uh, if I want any now, I, I go down the Kimmin and where they cut them off, I, I look for them and I get the big leaves uh, from that um, and bring that home for cooking. It's much easier. Now, we're going to keep your identity a mystery, but I have decided to call you the Grangetown Gardening Guru. <laughs> so th th this episode um, is going to be the Grangetown Gardening Guru. We're going to stick on the gardening today, but the next episode we're going to have another topic because I have been witness to you waxing lyrical about many topics and now the opportunity has come to share it with the wilder, wider world. But I'd like to thank you, mystery guest, the Grangetown Gardening Guru, and thank you for your wisdom and time, and hopefully this will approve of use to others. Hopefully. Hopefully. Now, thank you very much. Until next time. Donada. Donada.